Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, show number 276, Finance Friday Edition, January Spending Recap Edition. No matter how much you have, even if we had $100 million, which we don't, I would still track it, I think, because I like to think about efficiency, and it's not about frugality, it's about using money in the most efficient way possible, and even if I had all the time in the world, I would still plan my trips to be most efficient in the car to not go during rush hour. So I think about efficiency all the time, and that's what it comes down to for me. It's using money in the best way possible. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen, and with me today is the host of the Mile High Five podcast and the creative genius behind 1500days.com and all of the dinosaurs and fart jokes you find over there. Also, we've been married for like 20 years or something. It has not been 20 years. How long has it actually been? Like almost 20 years. It's like 19 years and 11 months, right? It's like 19 years and 11 and a half months right now. Nobody wants to listen to us complain and argue over how long we've been married. It's been a while. If we We... keep arguing like this, we might not make it to 20 years. (laughs) So we got a lot of positive feedback from our first episode. I am very excited to talk about our spending. If you've been following along at biggerpockets.com slash Mindy's budget, you will see that we have um, blown our budget kind of out of the water. Oopsie. So we're going to talk about what happened, uh, what went wrong, what went right. The normal disclaimer for Finance Friday doesn't really apply today, but I'm going to read it anyway. The contents of this podcast are informational in nature and are not legal or tax advice, and neither Carl nor I nor Bigger Pockets are engaged in the provision of legal, tax, or any other advice. You should seek professional advisors for tax. Oh, I don't have this memorized, and I don't have it. I'm not reading it in front of me. You should seek professional advice for legal tax and any other advice that you need. Uh, But we're not giving advice. We're just telling you what we did and what we did wrong. So anyway, on to the show. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, we turn to NerdWallet. Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash, missing out on miles, and not even knowing what we're leaving on the table. But now we're flying through the skies for free, thanks to our new cards with more miles and upgrades than ever. So if you want more travel rewards, hotel upgrades, or airport lounge access, no matter where you go next, let NerdWallet help you make it happen with a killer travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms of each credit card issuer apply. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. So, Carl, welcome back. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for allowing me to force you to come back. We're going to bear our financial uh, misdeeds to all of my listeners. But first, let's Let's talk about this. We started tracking our spending for the first time in 
it's got to be years. Like every January, we're like, oh, we're going to drag our spending. And like January 2nd, eh, never mind. And how did it feel to track the spending this year? Uh, it feels pretty good. I really enjoy the exercise because... So I'll back up a second. What we do is we have an app on our phone, and every time we purchase anything, we have to enter it on there. So the very act of doing that, it's kind of like quantum mechanics. You can't observe the phenomenon without changing the phenomenon. Any science nerds out there? So (laughs) the fact that I have to record the purchases actually changes what I purchase because it's like coming back after you got an F on a test and having to tell your mom when you were in elementary school, I don't want to buy something stupid and have to enter it on there for the for the world to see. I'm trying to think of an example of something I bought or did not buy, like beer. I think we hardly purchased any alcohol in January. I don't want to... Uh, well, it yeah. was dry January. It was. We weren't completely dry. <laughs> we were moist January, I would say. Ew, you can't... <laughs> That's gross. Yeah, moist January. You heard it here first. But yeah, it changes right. our behavior. And I think it makes me better because I have to pay attention and um, I do less stupid things if I'm forced to acknowledge everything I purchase. I think that tracking our spending is really important because it makes you conscious of your day-to-day spending because it's so easy to just swipe your credit card. I mean, how do you make purchases? I don't even, I mean, I I do have cash, but I spend very little cash. It's always just swipe a card. And it's so easy to swipe a card without thinking about it, you know, towards the end of last year, as we were talking about tracking our spending publicly, um, I would find myself at the grocery store, you know, just, and I don't even swipe anymore. It's a chip card. You just stick your chip in the thing as you're gathering up your groceries. And then it does its thing. You don't even look at the total really. So this is causing me to become more conscious of my spending. And because we had, uh, spoiler alert, some budget blowouts, it caused me to be even more conscious of my spending. Ooh, we spent so much in these categories. I really want to be conscious in other categories. Um, The groceries was something that I was sure we were going to just completely blow out of the water And I was very, very conscious of how much I was spending at the grocery store and really tried to make meals out of what was already in the pantry. So your friend, JT, hi, JT, asked us an interesting question. Do you want to, we had him over for dinner in January. What did JT ask us? We had him over for dinner in December. Oh, December. And I had already talked about doing this uh, spending tracking. He's like, why are you tracking your spending? You know, you don't really need to. And the reason that I wanted to track spending is because it has gotten so out of control and it it grows over time. You don't start out thinking you're going to spend $40,000 and then you spend, you know, 75. It starts off, you think you're going to spend 40 and you spend 41, eh, whatever, no big deal. And then you spend 45 and then you spend 55. And then all of a sudden you're, you're planning for spending 40, but you're spending 80. And if your investments have grown and doubled, you're okay. But if you are in the middle of a stock crisis, or if you haven't had the successes that have allowed you to keep up with that spending, you could find yourself running out of money. So I wanted to make sure that we're not going to do that because you're unemployed. I, I, that is correct. I am. I wouldn't say unemployed. I'm sorry. Do you have a job I don't know about? I I bring in money. I am vastly underemployed. (laughs) Um, Purposely unemployed for those of you listening who are thinking, wow, that was really rude, Mindy. No, we tease, I tease him about this all the time and we have spoken about this. He doesn't feel bad. You don't feel bad, do you? No, no. It, whoa. <laughs> and for those who don't know me, I worked for a long, long time and Mindy did not work and we kind of just traded places. Yeah, I was a stay-at-home mom while our kids were little and now he is a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. And tile setter, hence all the um, injuries on my hands. Yeah, we've been. he's been working on the bathroom. But back to JT's question for one second. I think no matter how much you have, even if we had $100 million, which we don't, I would still track it, I think, because I like to think about efficiency, and it's not about frugality. It's about using money in the most efficient way possible. And 
even if I had all the time in the world, I would still plan my trips to be most efficient in the car to not go during rush hour. So I think about efficiency all the time, and that's what it comes down to for me. It's using money in the best way possible. I don't want to, I don't like wasting anything. I, like when I see people throwing off food at a restaurant, that just drives me nuts. I almost want to get a doggy bag. Ew, that's no. what they used to call it. And like take their food. Like those French fries, man, you throw them in the air fryer and it rejuvenates them. Seriously. You're not taking somebody else's food. That's gross. I've never actually done this, but I've thought about it. I used to work at a steak restaurant. And at the time I was dating a guy who had a dog and people would leave their steak on their plate and just like walk away. So I would take the steak home for his dog. But that's the only time I like, I wouldn't eat that. But yeah. Yeah. Not right. Don't take other people's food, especially in the age of a pandemic. Yeah. We digress. Way, way, way digress. You're a huge nerd, by the way. As you were saying, you want to be the most efficient with everything. I'm like, wow, what a nerd. I own it. Should we talk about quantum (laughs) mechanics more? No. (laughs) We should talk about our wins. Yeah, let's do it. Our wins and our challenges. Do you want to go with wins first or challenges first? Let's get the bad part out of the way. Okay. When did gas get so expensive? Okay. Back on episode 243, Ramit Sethi came on and talked about how he just wants to live a rich life and, you know, spends on things that are important and doesn't like pay attention to prices. And I'm paraphrasing. I have never paid attention to the price of gas because I can't stock up on it. I need it when I need it. I can't like shop around. It it might be five cents cheaper across town, but I'm not driving across town to save five cents a gallon. And my car holds about 10 gallons of gas. So if I drive all the way across town to save five gallons, five cents on a gallon of gas, I've saved myself 50 cents, but I've cost myself like 20 minutes. So 20 minutes of my time is worth way more than 50 cents. So I have never really paid attention to gas. Therefore, I said, oh, I'll spend about $100 on gas this month. And we spent a lot more on gas than just $100. Part of that is real estate agent work. I am a real estate agent. I was driving around all over the place. And the way that um, real estate agent reimbursement works is I can claim, is it 55 cents per mile on my taxes? I have no clue. Wow. You're the one who does the taxes. Anyway, I can claim some amount on my taxes, so I go with mileage instead of deducting the actual cost of gas. Um, and uh, that that seems to work out better, um, according to Natalie Colody from colotax.com, who told me that that's the better way to do it. So I just track my mileage, and I just happened to be driving a lot in January. So we blew the budget on the gasoline. Yeah, I have a solution, though. We have free gas that lands on our roof like every hour during the day. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, is that photons for the solar panels? We do. She even knows the word, probably because I was talking about it last night in bed. All the time. Oh, dude, that sounds gross. It was hot. Our <laughs> photon talk. This is a, this is a family-friendly show. Oh, it was photons. We weren't doing anything else. I don't even remember how that topic came up, but we were talking about photons, right? What was the context of our conversation? I don't know. You were talking about the sun. Oh, you were mad because I turned on the electric blanket because it was freezing. Oh, it was like, I don't know, 68 or 70 or I don't know what temperature it was. But for $10 worth of electricity, you can go 400 miles in an electric car, 10 cents a a kilowatt hour times 100. Oh, do we own an electric car? 10 bucks. And then you could go about 400 miles if you have an efficient electric car. Do we own an electric car? We do not yet. And and why do we not own an electric car? Um, because is it because your wife tells you not to buy an electric car? Or is it because your wife tells you to buy an electric car and you keep not buying an electric car? Um, hypothetically. Probably the former, hypothetically. Oh, that's not true at all. Oh, does somebody love Tesla? Yes, that would be you. And does somebody want a Tesla? Yes, that would be you. So go buy a car. Yeah, someday we'll get one and then we won't pay anything else for gas because it'll land on our roof every day. For free. Yeah, photons. And then we'll be better with our expenses. So we had more issues with cars in January. We sure did. So we have a car that we bought brand new in 2003 and have put almost no money into this car. We had something, Tim's Toyota fixed something on it a while ago. Um, Yeah, since 2003, we've probably spent about $1,000 in repairs. I've done all the maintenance myself. Uh, 
it had an exhaust manifold that rusted out and the radiator went. I blame both on the Midwest salt that they put on the roads. But in January, we spent more than we've spent in the first 19 years of the car's existence. Um, and we had two things going wrong. The first one was the windshield wiper pump broke, and you absolutely need that, as I found out driving around in a snowstorm if you can't operate the wipers. And when the pump breaks, you can't, uh, the wipers don't do much good because the windows get all crappy super quick. And these kind of things drive me nuts because I looked up the price of the part, and I could fix it myself. I think the price is like $13. And, but I, I can't stand working on cars. I just despise it. So I called up a place. They're like, yeah, we could do it. It'll be like 250 like 120 130 for the part because they mark up the part. That's part of the business. And then the labor, like 129 bucks an hour, I think. So we ended up actually having to pay someone to do it. I had too many other things going on, and I don't want to fix a car in sub-zero temperatures. So that was like 200 and something. And, and then? And then, so I'm in my late 40s, and I had not caused an accident in my entire life. So accident-free until January when I was driving around in a snowstorm. and Ice I, storm. Ice storm, yeah. And it was very bad conditions. I'm a pretty cautious driver. But the car slid out and we hit, I hit a curb and damaged much of the front right suspension. And that set us back, oh, I think around $1,000. Yeah. And I had budgeted $100 for automotive uh just a general automotive upkeep and repairs. I didn't think we would use it. And I have continued to budget about $100 over the course of the year. I think that we will end the year, hopefully. We will end the year under budget because this was $1,000, but or maybe it was $1,300. Maybe we'll still end the year slightly over budget. But we probably won't have to do anything else to the car. Knock on wood. <laughs> Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Okay. Yeah, it does have new tires. We won't need to do that. I changed the oil myself, and I already bought that last year. So, yeah, that should be it unless something else happens. Cue yeah. the ominous music. Ooh. Okay. One last challenging uh category we had was household. This is a general catch-all category, and we basically just kind of ran out of everything in January. So we ran out of laundry soap, we ran out of like bar soap, we ran out of pump soap, um, kind of all of the soap we ran out of all at the same month. So we went to the store and we bought a giant thing of soap and a giant thing of more soap and a giant thing of a different kind of soap. So we Spent more than we thought we would, but I really believe that this will come in under budget next month. Um, but who knows? We will we will see. That is, like I said, it's a catch-all um, catch category. And I do think that uh, for February, I'm keeping a lot of my numbers the same just to see how it went in January. If January was just a fluke, then we'll keep we'll continue keeping them the same. But if it turns out that household spending really is that much every single month, I will increase it for March. Let's move on to the wins. Yeah, what's the first one? You have groceries on there, and I did not check the list, but we actually went over on groceries, so I'm unsure why that's a win. Okay, first of all, you need to be more supportive. Second of all... We went $50 over the projected $650 grocery budget. I completely guessed at the grocery budget. I really thought that we were going to go significantly over. We've had months where our grocery spending was $1,000 or $1,200. And, you know, some months you just run out of everything, so you have to buy and stock up again. But other months you just aren't paying attention. This month, I was hyper-vigilant. I really tried to eat out of the pantry and out of the cupboards as much as possible. And we came in at $700 for the month, and I thought that was fabulous. I'm super excited to continue that going forward. I have put $650 for our February spending goal as well, and I'm really hopeful that I'll be able to hit that. We do have three fewer days in February than we do in January. So fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see. One thing I noticed, one observation is, uh, to back up a second, both our children are vegetarians. 
And a lot of that, I'm fully supportive of that, but a lot of that vegetarian stuff costs normal than actual meat, which is quite surprising, and maybe that'll change over time. And I don't mind buying it for them, but you go buy a bag of those fake nuggets or uh, fake corn dogs, and yeah, they're they're not cheap. They cost more than a bag of regular chicken nuggets. Uh, have you noticed that? Um, I haven't, and I, I do need to pay more attention. I also try to stock up on that stuff when it is on sale. Um, you can get it for four dollars a bag or sometimes you can get it four for five dollars so sometimes i will stock up when i see it on super sale but yeah you're right it can get really expensive i would like to get them more into just vegetables and tofu and that's the problem they don't like tofu uh the little one doesn't like tofu the big one will eat tofu um but then we've got to make two different meals so I'd like to just introduce more fresh fruits and vegetables into their diet just yeah. in general. Yeah, our, our vegetarians do not like vegetables, so, yeah. Yeah, they're crackertarians. Yep, yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about moist January. Ah, moist January. So our friend, the mad scientist, came into town, and we were going to do dry January. And right after we announced dry January, he said, hey, I'm going to come into town, and I'd like to see this brewery that's near you called Weldworks, which is really delicious. And we're like, yep, it's going to be a not dry January when he's in town. So we went and had some delicious beer with him. And then we were dry for the rest of the month, right? Yeah, it was mostly dry. And we had football playoffs. And it was actually a really enjoyable experience. I have decided that maybe we'll have like slightly, I don't want to call it moist February. Moist is such a gross word. Uh, moist February, I guess I'm going to have to call it that now, thanks. We have to find some alliteration, so March should definitely be moist, and maybe May too, like March, moist March. Ew. Moist March Madness, that <laughs> basketball thing they've got going on. Um, yeah. So we have two different categories on our spending tracker. One is for tap rooms, one is for alcohol. Uh, maybe we, do we have one for beer. I guess beer that we buy at Wyatt's is going on the alcohol yeah. and tap rooms there. We live in a city that has 13 microbreweries and there's a huge microbrewery um, kind of community up and down the front range of Colorado, which is where we live. So we go to a tap room as a social event. Yeah, sometimes. Um, but, you know, you can sit down and have a 5 to $8 dollar glass of beer over the course of a couple of hours and still enjoy your friend's company. Um, it doesn't have to be a super expensive engagement. Uh, we're rethinking the alcohol, though, because now I'm starting to get headaches when I drink it. Yeah, it'll but be much like, less. I feel like such an alcoholic having two different categories. Out of, what do we have, like 25 categories and two of them are alcohol? <laughs> Winning. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What if I told you that I, Mindy Jensen, the queen of budgeting, the personal finance fanatic, sometimes forgot to cancel my subscriptions? I know, it's horrible. $10 here, $15 there. My useless subscription bills could have taken my whole family out to dinner multiple times. Rocket Money can make all that subscription sadness suddenly vanish. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. 
you can see all your subscriptions in one place and cancel money-sucking subscriptions with a tap. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. That's rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. Listen up, business owners. Here's some quick math. Fewer costs equals more profit. The problem? You're spending more than ever on operations, materials, deliveries, software, and more. So why not reduce your costs and headaches with NetSuite by Oracle? NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite lives in the cloud, which means you can reduce IT costs with no hardware required. Cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because now you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. It makes sense that over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Don't let rising costs sink your business's growth. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash bpmoney. That's netsuite.com slash bpmoney. netsuite.com slash bpmoney. Saving for a down payment, a wedding, or just looking for extra money to invest? Monarch Money turns your budgeting woes into wins. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best budgeting app overall. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to manage your money like a pro. Add a partner or family member to your account for no extra cost, so combined finances become a breeze. Customize your budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions, and more. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash pockets for your extended 30-day free trial. Let's talk about our frugal experiment for January. January's frugal experiment. We love the symphony, which is not frugal at all. We already bought tickets a while ago. We went to see Danny Elfman from Oingo Boingo, and he was having a conversation where it was kind of like a live podcast recording where he sat down with the conductor from the Denver Colorado Symphony Orchestra, and they just had a chat. And then afterwards, we went out to dinner and came back and saw the symphony play the music of Danny Elfman from Tim Burton movies. It was a super fun time, but we didn't want to spend a lot of money on a meal in Denver. Plus, there was not that much time between the two uh, performances, shows, yeah. experiences. Uh, so we went and got blue pan pizza, which we picked up and had and brought back to our hotel room. And we have pictures of our frugal experiment. Do you want to describe it? Yeah. And this was all my idea. So don't. Uh, 100% his idea. Yeah. And these are fun experiments. We don't normally do these kind of things, but I like chicken wings with my pizza. And if you go to a restaurant, they're like uh, 15 or 20 bucks. And I don't think this place even had that as an option, although I'm not sure. So what we did is we have an air fryer and air fryers are awesome. They can, it's not quite as good as actually frying food, but it's almost as good. Uh, we brought the air fryer with us. We stopped at Costco, which is on the way down, and we bought a big bag of chicken wings. And when I went to pick up the pizza, you threw the wings in the air fryer. And by the time I got back, they were done. So we had budget chicken wings with our air fryer. What did you think about the experiment? How did you like the wings? And would you do this again? I would totally do it again. I thought it was fun. The girls were super embarrassed that we were bringing an air fryer into the hotel. I don't think that the hotel even knew that we were bringing an air fryer in. I'm pretty sure they didn't care. Uh, I thought it was a fun, frugal experiment. And part of 
tracking spending is now I'm, I'm looking at it as a game. How low can I get my expenses while still enjoying my life? We could cut our expenses so much lower than we're doing. Um, but it would be kind of a unhappy existence. Like I could just eat beans and rice all day long and, you know, peanut butter and jelly and just not enjoy what we're doing and only stay at home and never do anything fun. But this was a fun way to have what we wanted without spending a lot of money on it. I would do it again. And I'm looking forward to February's frugal experiment. Yeah. Do we have any ideas for the February frugal experiment? Ooh, I don't have any. If you have any ideas, please email Mindy at biggerpockets.com or you can post in our Facebook group. I will write a question, post a question in the group, which can be found at facebook.com slash groups slash BP money. You know, I have an idea. Are you ready? I'm ready. I know you like your toilet brushes, but we don't need to buy 15 of them every month. So why don't you repurpose some worn out household items into a toilet brush? For example, you could take an old toothbrush, tie it to a stick and scrub the toilets with that. It would take a long time, but you'd be saving the couple bucks on toilet brushes and helping to save the world too, if you want to look at it that way. So... Send me your ideas to Mindy at BiggerPockets.com or answer the question in our Facebook group. Or you could use a broom. Ew. 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 Gross. Okay, next. Uh, Goals for February. Got any good goals for February? I have a great goal for February. How about we don't spend a lot of money on a stupid expense? (laughs) Oops. Too late. So we're recording this on February 8th. And if you follow along on our Facebook group, you saw that we have already had a budget buster yesterday. What happened? This ter- these kind of incidents tear me up inside because our furnace broke. I woke up and it was making a horrible screeching sound. I'm pretty sure I knew what it was. I got out my multimeter. I verified the capacitor was okay. I verified that the motor was getting voltage. So I knew it was the Volter. I knew it was the motor. I fired the thing back up and it went... Made this horrible, horrible sound. Sorry. Um, and I looked up the price of a motor, and it was like 150 bucks online, but it would have taken a couple days to get there, and I'm going out of town. And it was 13 degrees outside. So we had no choice but to call someone, and this always drives me a little crazy because how much did we pay, have to pay someone to fix it? And this is, I know a lot of HVAC people, so I know these people to be probably the, the cheapest and best. And they are very good. I don't want to, I'm not going to say their name, but they, they are very good and more affordable than other places I've heard of. But how much did we have to pay instead of the 150 bucks in a job that would have taken me like an hour or two? Was it $150? No. Was it $300? No. They did come out right away. We were without heat for less than six hours. But it was still $800. If it was me, I would have lived in the house for a week while waiting for the new one to arrive. Some of these parts are hard to get because HVAC is a closed industry and they don't want the common person to buy them. So they make it a little bit more difficult to get some of these parts. But yeah, I would have lived in the house. How do you feel about living in a 40 degree house with a couple space heaters for a week until I got back from San Diego? Uh, No. I feel that um, we have saved our money and invested our money wisely, and we can spend our money, even if it's 800 whole dollars, on a stupid furnace part. We can do that easily, and we will, because I don't live in the 1600s, and I live now when we can have heat in the house. So as much as I hate to spend so much money on such a Stupid, but it's like this big too. As much it's as like I hate to I've got it upstairs. spend that much money, um, we did it. And now our goal for February is to make it more of a game and how little can we spend everywhere else uh, because it is going to be an over month again. Yeah. There's one thing I want to talk about, and it is going out to eat. We did go out to one nice meal, and I'll back up a second. Last year, we went out to eat a lot, and I think it was a reaction to how we were living because we were doing a 
ton of work on the house and COVID was going on and all, all this other, all these other chaotic things happened. So it comes to the end of the day and you're like, screw it. Let's just go out some more, or pick up food. And last month we only did that one time, but I think the bill was like a hundred bucks. We went to a nicer place with, with better quality food. And I've got two observations about that. One of them was I really appreciated it because we hadn't gone out to eat a lot. I'm like, wow, this is really good. This uh, It was really good. Yeah, it was really good. So we appreciated it more than we did last year because it just gets mundane and the hedonic treadmill, you, you get used to it and then it's not special anymore. But the other thing I thought is like a hundred bucks, we could easily eat for a week on that if we tried. We could have 21 full meals on that or less than a hundred bucks, I think, if we... Uh, if we re really went frugal and ate a lot of vegetables and, and that type of thing. So I, I don't know where, where to go from there, but I think the answer is to do things like that less often because it makes it more special and we'll be better with our money for having done so. So what, what do you think? Wow. So last month I budgeted $100 for restaurants and we went, I think we spent $325 on restaurants. So this month I bumped it up to two fifty. Okay. But still, that's less, and it would be an improvement. And it's a lot less than what we were spending last year. Um, but I do enjoy going out to dinner and grabbing lunch. We don't have a lot of time to talk, just the two of us, even though you don't have a job, I have a job. We're home together during the day when the girls are at school, but I'm working at that same time. And then when the girls get home, it's just a whole lot of talking and we don't seem to have a lot of time to connect. So having lunch out once a week is something that I look forward to. Yeah, I do too. And one final thing I'll say about that is I, I, it's good not having expensive tastes. Um, I think my jeans have a, a big rip there. I don't care. I'm wearing some junky t-shirt. But um, I think the $5 taco box from Taco Bell is... <laughs> It's pretty great. I think this came up last time, or maybe it was a different podcast. We went to like a Michelin star rated restaurant in Chicago one time. I'm like, this is really good. It was really good, but it was like 200 bucks. It was a Frontera grill. Yeah, which is excellent. Oh, great mole, really good food. But the thing about it is, is I think the... <laughs> I enjoy Taco Bell just as much as Frontera grill. I'm sorry, Frontera no, grill. I wouldn't say just as much, but it's like 80% is good for one 40th or 120th the price, 100 bucks per person versus $5. So 120th the price, 5% the price for like 80% the satisfaction and no waiting, no making a reservation three months ahead of time, no pretentiousness, no feeling like you have to get dressed up. So yeah, shout out to the $5 taco box and the Mexican pizza's coming back too. This show is not sponsored by Taco Bell. I am. But no. Taco Bell, if you would like to, email Mindy at biggerpockets.com. I'm cheap, too. I'll completely solve for a $5 taco box. $5 box. So as I have been posting about my uh, misdeeds in my budget, uh, people have been suggesting that this shouldn't be coming out of my budget. These, ex these unexpected expenses should be coming out of my emergency fund. Do you want to talk about the fact that we don't have an emergency fund? You mean how we don't keep a lot of cash on hand? or Well, we don't have... Or, or in the budget, we don't keep one. In the budget, we don't keep one. So in the budget, in the line items, I had slush fund. Because in my mind, we were going to just kill it with our budget. And all the extra money that we didn't spend was going to get flushed into the slush fund so that should we in the future have a month that didn't come in under budget, we could fund that through the slush fund. But then we blew it month one and it looks like we're going to blow it month two, five minutes into it. So we don't have an emergency fund. We, we have never felt like we needed an emergency fund because we can cover any emergency. But I also talk to people every day about their finances and recommend an emergency fund for people who cannot swing the emergency fund or swing the emergency. So we don't have an emergency fund. Should we get one? I don't think so. And I'll back up and say I'm a very, very aggressive investor. We also have zero money whatsoever in bonds over the long term. Studies show that being 100% in index funds will typically beat 
a portfolio with any bonds, so I prefer to do that. Uh, the other thing is we still have income coming in, so if we did have a furnace motor die or if I smack our Honda element into a curb, we can cover it and it's not going to destroy us. But if those things were a concern for you or us 15 years ago or 10 years ago when it would have been when it would have impacted us severely, then I think we should have had an emergency fund back then. It's just we're the place that we're at in life. I don't think we really need one at this time. Um, well, even 10 years ago, I wasn't working, but you were, and we weren't spending all of your income. We've never spent all of your income. Yeah. Yeah. Emergency things are a tricky uh, situation. I would say thinking on it now, you should think of the most expensive thing that could go wrong with your house. And off the top of my head, that's probably, at least here in Colorado, a new roof, which would probably be $12,000 for us. Uh, think of your most expensive expense. If that would break you, then you better consider an emergency fund. But for us, we'd be okay. We could sell some assets. The risk is you have to sell them in a down environment, like right now, actually. But yeah, it's a very personal thing. Yeah, I would just go sell another house. Like as a real mm. estate agent, not sell my house. <laughs> Which generates more income. Um, but yeah, we are fortunate to, and, and we're not 30, we're not 25. We're not, you know, we've, we've been working for all of our adult lives. Some of us, some of us took time off to be stay-at-home moms. Yeah. Which is working in a different way. But we've been savers our whole lives. We've been investors our whole adult lives. So we have places to pull from that somebody who doesn't have the same history may not have available to them, which is why we don't have an emergency fund. But I do feel that we, I need to address that because yeah. it is something that we just pull from our budget. Yeah. You talked about how I was a nerd. And one other thing was, I, I think about what I, I was. am a nerd. So <laughs> I have lots of, we have lots of backup plans and lots of levels of redundancy in our life. For example, we have multiple cars and we barely need one. If one of them dies or if one of them um, got destroyed tomorrow, we'd be fine because we have another one and we don't really need multiple cars. If anything breaks, I don't have much of a job. I'm underemployed, not unemployed. <laughs> so I would just attempt to fix whatever happened by myself and save money that way. So yeah, I like to have backup plans for my backup plans. I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Did we ever get to any goals for February yet? I think we did pretty good. I think we should just keep trying to do pretty much the same thing as we did. I should smash into less curbs. And yes. the furnace, which is right next to us over there in the room behind us or in front of us, actually, um, furnace behave. Don't pull any more of that. Yeah, definitely don't break while he's gone. Yeah. We call him Bob again. Yeah, let's do the same thing. Maybe going out to eat a little bit less, uh, hitting less curbs. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much it. Something that I am going to ask in the Facebook group and would like commentary from people is how do you account for expenses that are future expenses, but you know that you're going to be paying them? We've got a couple of different ways of doing it. Um, we have uh, property taxes and I know what they're going to be. January, I accounted for property taxes based on last year's bill or two years ago's bill. And we just got the second, the new bill. So I have updated that for February and beyond. And we're accounting for that in our expenses. We're not actually doing anything with that right now, with that money. Um, but we're allocating that in our budget. And then when the bill is due, we just pay it. I'm not going to mark that whole bill as paid in the month that we pay it. It's allocated over the cost of the over the course of the year because it's an, an all year expense. Um, we joined a gym. We paid for a three month membership in January, but that's a January, February, March gym membership. So we spread it out over the course of three months. But the automotive repairs is something that's going to last us, I don't know, 
400 months. I didn't allocate that out over 400 months. I allocated that for when we made the purchase. Same with, you can see in our budget, we've got the whole year's worth of spending. Um, March already has an expense. We are planning on a trip to visit some friends and we purchased the tickets, the plane tickets in January, but we're allocating for them in March. So I'm not really sure how to, how to work that. Um, I'm not an accountant clearly, but personal finance is personal and that's what works for us. So I'm, I mean, that works for you, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's what works for us, right? Uh, So I'm wondering how you handle your expenses like that. Do you handle it? Do you allocate it for the month that you're paying it, even if it's a future month, like my travel in March? Or do you do you allocate it uh, over the course of several months, like my gym membership? Everything's kind of just loosey-goosey. And um, ultimately, I think as long as you are tracking your spending and, you know, figuring out where your money's going, that's what's most important. Um, my spending tracker is courtesy of Mr. Waffles on Wednesday. I'm going to get him to make a video for us showing us exactly how to do that because I had him set up that whole spreadsheet. He's brilliant with it. He's like, oh, you want to do this and this? And he's clicking all around and he's like, I didn't even know you could do all of those things. So shout out to Google for making a lovely spreadsheet. Shout out to Mr. Waffles on Wednesday for actually doing all of the work for me. And, um, you're nice too. Wow. Thanks. I feel so (laughs) special right now. Shout out to you for filling out the forms. Yeah. Well, should we summarize? We should summarize. You go first. Yeah. So we spent about 5,300, right? I should have looked at the spreadsheet before we talked. (laughs) So we spent 5,300 and I'd like to talk about that on the surface. That sounds like a lot of money. $1,000 of that was due to my incident with the curb. So if I took that out, we'd be down to 4300 uh, We choose to have a mortgage, um, which is a topic for a whole other conversation that runs us about 1300 a month. If we took that off, we would have had about $3,000 in core living expenses, which I think is pretty great. That comes out to 36000 a year. We live in an expensive place, Boulder County, USA, uh, which isn't cheap. But I think that's that's pretty good. Now, in future months, we're going to have uh, higher expenses due to things like travel. We, In addition to going to Seattle, we have a trip to Europe in June, and that's going to cost a lot of money. We might spend three or $4,000 on that trip, but I'm okay with that. So the way I like to think about spending is we should keep our core expenses as efficient and as frugal as possible so we can allocate money to the fun stuff, like the trip. And when thinking about it all, I just want everything to be thoughtful spending, whether it's food or a hotel in Germany, which is where we're going to, and France. Uh, Mindy has some fans in France, apparently. Uh, I want everything to be thoughtful. And I never want to be cheap either. When we're staying with people, we always make it a point to take them out for a nice dinner or to do something really nice form. But yeah, thoughtful spending would be how I want to summarize and how I want to live. That doesn't mean not spending a lot of money. It just means spending it in a way that we've considered it and that we've appreciated the money and we haven't wasted it. I think that's a really great way to phrase that. Thoughtful spending, conscious spending. Um, It isn't about not spending any money. It's about not mindlessly spending because it's so easy to spend mindlessly. You walk into a store and swipe, 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 and you walk out and you're like, you know, the next day, what did I even buy? Oh, I think I spent something yesterday and I didn't put it in the spending tracker. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Was it a toilet brush? Are you trying to hide? No, it was not a toilet brush, you big weirdo. Is there a support group for this? We might need to look one up. Or yeah, it's called one. Everybody. Toilet Brushes Anonymous <laughs> TBA. No, it's just about being conscious of where your money's going. And I think this is just something that is beneficial to people who maybe have, uh, what is it, I have more month left over at the end of my money. 
And mm-hmm. I didn't make that up. Okay. Um, I think that there's a lot of people who just don't realize that when the, like, this isn't something that weighs on my mind all the time. I'm not always thinking about money, but I am more conscious of it now that I know that I am not only tracking my spending and having to share with you what I have purchased, but I am also spending money and tracking it publicly with everybody and having everybody say, oh, look at Mindy. She said she was going to spend this, but look, she's spending that. And nobody ever actually said that, but I don't want them to either. Thank you so much for joining us today. We will talk to you again next month when we recap all of our hopeful successes, but probably failures too, with our February spending. From episode 276 of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast, he is Carl Jensen, and I am Mindy Jensen, saying, May the force be with you. May the photons be with you. May the photons be with you. market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into real estate investing or take it to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With the BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly matched with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.